Any views, thoughts, and opinions expressed on the Rejuvenating Health podcast are solely that of the speakers and are intended as such. Please consult your trusted healthcare practitioner for medical advice. Welcome back to the Rejuvenating Health podcast. Today, the ladies are talking about hormonal health throughout your cycle. No matter what side of your cycle you're on, whether you're pre, peri, or postmenopausal, your body is always sending you signals. Learn how to listen to these hormonal messages in today's show on women's health. Let's go, girls. Hey, girls. Welcome back to the Rejuvenating Health Podcast. I'm Shauna, and I'm here with women's health nurse practitioner, Lindsay Van Schoik. And if you tuned in last week, we talked about the 23 hormones that we find in the human body. But this week, we're going to talk about specifically the hormones that we think about whenever we have women coming to us every day in the program and saying, I think my hormones are messed up. Something's out of whack. So those are the hormones that we're going to specifically talk about today. Yay. I think a lot of women will find this episode um, just beneficial to learn more about like what they consider their hormones to be messed up and and all of that good stuff. So I think first of all, like the main sex hormones that women have are estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone. Yes, testosterone is a female hormone. Actually, we have more testosterone in our bodies than we do estrogen. We just don't really think about it because we think that it's a male hormone, but it's produced Some in our ovaries. Some of so, us have a lot. That's true. There are a lot of women uh, that don't have hardly any testosterone. You are right. <laughs> raising my hand right now. <laughs> Working yeah. on it. Yeah. So we'll go over that. But um, there, estrogen and progesterone are the ones that regulate your periods. I mean, there's other ones that help, but those are the main two that people are like, oh, stuff's out of whack and I need to, to balance out my estrogen and progesterone. So I think to understand fully kind of you need to understand what happens in your menstrual cycle because most of us ladies don't even know what happens in your menstrual cycle. So there's two phases to your menstrual cycle. And really, um, you're, when you're born, you have no estrogen, right? That's why you're like a skinny stick figure girl. And then when you start hitting puberty, your ovaries start producing estrogen. And this starts to cause your body to have epigenetic changes. So it starts your cells to change. It starts your hips to widen. It starts you to grow boobs. It starts the testosterone helps like causes the hair growth. Like all that stuff happens when you start hitting puberty. All that fun stuff. The moods start going everywhere. Like my 14 year old daughter's moods are like, "Ah." she's precious. Yeah, she is, but she's <laughs> the boys aren't there yet. But um, so you start getting estrogen and progesterone. So then you start your period. So there's two phases to well, three phases to your period. There's the follicular phase, which is when your hormones are like really low. Your period day one actually starts the day you start bleeding. So most people think that their cycle starts after their period, but actually day one of bleeding starts your menstrual cycle. And from day one of bleeding until ovulation, that's your follicular phase. So during that phase, 
we're our most like men. Like our hormone levels are really low um, as far as estrogen and progesterone go. And then they kind of spike around ovulation. We have this LH surge, FSH surge, so luteinizing hormone, follicular stimulating hormone that causes us to release an egg. And that has an upsurgence in hormones. And then they kind of come back down. Um, but estrogen is actually a feel-good hormone. So that's why around ovulation we – feel good. Uh, maybe like our sex drives increased because um, you want to like make a baby during that time. So then they kind of fall off and then you go into your luteal phase. So your luteal phase is the second part of your cycle. Normally it's around like 12 to 14 days for people. And that's where um, your estrogen and progesterone levels are getting high. And that's why you start to kind of feel sluggish and maybe not feel as well and get grouchy because your hormones are getting high. And then right before that period starts, your hormones just drop and that drop in progesterone causes you to have your menstrual cycle. Um, and testosterone is just being released during that time as well through your ovaries. So, well, so what I was going to ask was a lot of people do get emotional on their, you know, period. So, but that's not estrogen causing you know, them to be emotional. It's that, well, that estrogen's getting high and then you have that steep drop. Uh, I see. So it's the drop in the estrogen. That yeah. I mean, that's the same thing that happens with kind of postpartum depression, right? You have all these hormones during pregnancy and then your hormones just come crashing down and you get that like postpartum that depression. Sense. Yeah. Cause I think some people get anxious when they are on their period too. So that would make sense. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, most people like most people don't even know what happens during their their menstrual cycles and what what all that stuff. So, what are signs of maybe hormones being out of whack? So, you're like, I think my hormones are out of whack. First thing you need to know is that if you're on birth control, your hormones are out of whack. Like you, no one should be testing your hormones if you're on birth control. Um if you're on an IUD, a progestin IUD or a copper IUD, you can totally get your hormones tested, but if you're on birth control, um, like pills or a ring or a patch or a depo, birth control suppresses all of your natural hormones, your testosterone, your estrogen, your progesterone. So if you get that tested while you're on birth control, you aren't going to have any hormones. Your hormones are going to be out of whack because you're taking something that is literally shutting down your ovaries. And then what you're taking in your birth control is synthetic hormones. So it's not going to show up on a lab test. It's like, it's not your real hormones. And so you can't, if you think your hormones are out of whack, you can't get your hormones tested on birth control. There's also really important times. You really, if you want hormones tested, you should get them tested around day 17 to 21 because that's where you're really going to be able to tell in what cycle phase if you're having like low progesterone or low estrogen or all that type of stuff. But most people do not understand how birth control works. They think that like when you are on birth control, you're not actually having a real period. You're having a withdrawal bleed. And so your hormones are out of whack if you're on birth control because you're taking something to shut down your ovaries. Then how long if someone decides that they're going to go off of birth control, how long does it typically take until the hormones are regulated? From being on birth control? I mean, honestly, it. I kind of tell people like really for them to get optimized, however many years you were on it, you need a month. So if you were on birth control for 10 years, it might take 10 months for your periods to become regular. And it really depends on the type too, um, of the type of birth control that you're on, pills, patches, whatever. But to like really get your hormones back to normal, kind of the rule of thumb is however many years you were on it, it might take that many months. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. 
no one, no one really knows that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what are kind of, you, you think your hormones are out of whack. What symptoms might you be having? So let's start with low progesterone. So low progesterone can cause things like difficulty getting or staying pregnant. Like progesterone is released by your corpus luteum. So that ovulation egg, and it helps you need a high level of progesterone to keep pregnant. That's why some people have to take progesterone um, to stay pregnant. So you could have difficulty staying or getting pregnant. You could have a lot of breakthrough bleeding during the second half of your cycle. So in that luteal phase, you're having a lot of spotting um, and it's not really typical period bleeding before you have your period. Um, you could have a lot of PMS or PMDD. A lot of people with menstrual migraines have low progesterone. You could have really heavy bleeding. Your cycles can be really irregular. You can have bloating. You can have swollen and painful breasts. So that's kind of like the symptoms of low progesterone. And things that can cause it are stress. Stress, stress, stress can cause long term or low progesterone because it can cause really high cortisol. Um, exposure to synthetic estrogens, um, whether it's in birth control or in the candles that you're burning in the house or the plastic that you're drinking out of. Um, oh, my candles, don't say it. I know, right? I think it's even, <laughs> in, I think it's even in like the plug and glade since they're all over my oh, house I'm right sure. now. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't ovulate, you're not going to have progesterone, right? Because I just told you when you ovulate that the corpus luteum is what releases progesterone. So if you don't ovulate, you're going to have low progesterone. And that's when a lot of times people with PCOS, we see them have low progesterone because they're not ovulating. And so they're not having regular periods because they're, they have that low progesterone. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Right. Um, so if you have high, well, let's talk about low estrogen next first. So, um, low estrogen is going to cause you to have amenorrhea or oligomenorrhea. So amenorrhea is when you don't have menstrual cycles, like you're skipping menstrual cycles. Oligomenorrhea is when you're having frequent menstrual cycles. So um, that's kind of low estrogen. It can cause you to have a low sex drive, vaginal dryness, painful sex, hot flashes, night sweats, joint pain, dry skin, depression, poor memory. Um, and when you're in menopause, obviously you have low estrogen because you don't have say, estrogen anymore. <laughs> I was going to say, these sound like a lot of menopausal symptoms. Yeah. I mean, they are like mm-hmm. you don't have, yeah, it's everything that you would experience in menopause and estrogen is like the youthful drug. It keeps you looking young. It keeps your skin healthy. It, you know, it really keeps your bones healthy. Um, it's really good for a lot of things. It helps you lean up all of those types of things. And so it's a really good hormone to have, which is why you don't really want to be on birth control for a long time suppressing your estrogen because that birth control estrogen doesn't do the same thing. Yeah. Is there one birth control that you feel like is, I don't want to say the worst, but like your least favorite in your profession, like is one, you know, the pill, the patch, like all the different ones. Is there one that you think is just like, oh, you just don't like it? it d- the depot. I will not prescribe the depot to hardly okay. anyone. Mostly like 
one, you really shouldn't be on it longer than two years or it can cause some really, it can cause a lot of damage to your bones. So I don't really like if it, if you want to be on it short term, okay, but it's not a long-term solution. And most people when they want birth control want a long-term solution. So it also like progesterone increases your appetite, which is why you're hungrier before your period because progesterone increases your appetite. So that's why people gain a lot of weight on the depot because it really stimulates their appetite. Oh yeah. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Next one on is depo is is the same kind of thing as depo, but it doesn't have as many side effects as as the depo shot. So then opposite, if you have high estrogen, you're probably gonna have a lot of heavy bleeding, right? Because estrogen is what makes your uterine lining grow. So the more estrogen you have, the thicker your uterine lining is. So you're gonna have more bleeding, right? Um, it can cause breast tenderness. It can can cause PMS, which is why you have those mood swings before your period. It can cause fibroids, endometriosis, migraines, depression, brain fog, mid-cycle pain. Um, so it, it has a lot of like unwanted symptoms. We see a lot of people with endometriosis have high estrogen and it, it, a lot of times it can be caused by high cortisol, right? So when I talked about high cortisol and high stress, I said it lowers progesterone. And that's why it can cause excess estrogen. So if you're like estrogen dominant, which we hear people say that all the time, you're going to have some of these symptoms because your estrogen is higher than your progesterone. And that cortisol, which is your stress hormone, is blocking that progesterone receptor. So high stress can really cause estrogen dominance. Drinking a lot of alcohol can cause um, excess estrogen. Having like BPA... BPA mimics estrogen and fat feeds estrogen. A lot of people don't know this, um, but fat in your body, like even visceral fat, it feeds estrogen. So a lot of women who are overweight have a lot of problems with postmenopausal bleeding and stuff like that because that fat can feed estrogen. It puts you more at risk for blood clots and it puts you more at risk for breast cancer and stuff like that, which is why... Um, if you're over a certain BMI, we really don't want to put you on birth control because we know it can increase your risk for, you know, certain conditions because that fat is then feeding the estrogen. Right. A lot of people don't do not know that at all. No, I didn't realize you like the BMI thing. I didn't realize yeah. that. Yeah. One of the first things I look at when someone comes to me with postmenopausal bleeding and as I'm like, oh, what's their BMI? Because a lot of times that excess fat is feeding the estrogen in their uterine lining and it can cause them to have that irregular bleeding. So estrogen and estrogen and progesterone are, are really hard to test because they fluctuate so much in your cycle. Um and so if, if you have someone, if you go to your doctor and you want those tested, just make sure you're doing it at the right time. Make sure that they know if you're on birth control or not. I have a lot of people come to me and tell me they want their hormones tested. And I'm like, well, you're on birth control. So it might not be super accurate. Um, it's going to show me low hormones, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, it's just good to have that knowledge. Now, testosterone is also made in your ovaries. And Birth control also affects testosterone levels. Anything that's shutting down your ovary is also going to have an effect on your testosterone level, which is why some people, when they go on birth control, have a decreased sex drive. Um, it's why they have complaints of like vaginal dryness. It's why they have some of those menopausal symptoms is because 
it's made in the ovaries and that's testosterone can be lower too. Testosterone is a really good hormone for women. Um, doesn't get talked about a lot, but it has a lot of benefits. It has a lot of cardiovascular benefits. It helps with muscle mass. It helps you with energy. It helps you sleep. Um, that's why you see a lot of women these days wanting hormone replacement for testosterone therapy. It can help their moods. It can do a lot of, a lot of different things. Sometimes you can have too much testosterone. Um, so women with too much testosterone tend, tend to have more of those PCOS type symptoms. It can be caused a lot by high insulin levels. Insulin causes your ovaries to produce more testosterone. Um, it can be caused from chronic stress. It can be caused by excess weight. Um, and it can also be caused by PCOS. And so a lot of times, if you have that excess androgen or testosterone, you're going to have unstable blood sugars, your periods are going to be irregular, or they're going to be really spread out um, over 35 days. So a lot of people don't know this too, but your cycle, a normal cycle is 21 to 35 days. It does not happen like clockwork every 28 days. It can happen every 21 days one month and then 25 days the next month. As long as it's between 21 and 35 days, it's considered a normal cycle. But those with excess androgens tend to kind of have a lot longer cycles. And um, we see that a lot with like athletes or people that are really thin too, because your body just kind of shuts down. But right. other things can be like oily acne, oily acne skin, hair growth on your face, hair loss. Um, those are kind of the symptoms that we see with excess testosterone, where with low testosterone, we see what, what do women complain about when they're menopausal? They have low libido, sex hurts. Um, they don't have self-confidence. They're don't have lubrication to have sex. They have lean, their muscle mass is decreased. They don't have motivation. They don't have energy. Um, all of those types of things. And, and that can be caused from birth control. It can be caused from menopause. Um, it can be caused just from a dysfunction in your adrenal glands. Um, but that's a lot of what testosterone and, and those things do. Uh, and people just don't really understand it. No. And I think a lot of times we just think testosterone is a male hormone. You know, I think we just use it all the time speaking about men and that I think women don't think, oh, wait, I have testosterone too, or even what it does for your body as a woman. I think it's just not talked about enough. I don't. No, it's not. And I mean, if you're having any of these symptoms, you know, I'm going to tell you the first thing to do is look at your nutrition, look what you're exposing yourself to, look at your sleep, look at your stress. I mean, how many times in this podcast did I say stress can affect your I hormones? I was going to say that. I feel like that's one of the underlying huge things that I heard in each one was stress. Yeah. High, high stress. Yeah. Yeah. Stress really affects those hormones. It wreaks havoc on a lot of different things. And so if you're someone that's really stressed out, it's putting that mindfulness practice into place. It's putting, um, going on a walk, like putting whatever's stressing you out away. But if you're having symptoms of like low energy, painful periods, stuff like that, it's, it can definitely deal with stress, but it also has to deal with your body fat, right? Like the estrogen has to deal with your body fat. I, one of the most common things I see in my office is teenagers coming to me with painful periods and the number one conversation that they don't want to hear that I have to have with them is what does your nutrition look like? 
what does your exercise look like? What does your sleep look like? Because I have a teenager and she eats like garbage. I try to get her to eat good, but I don't know how many times has she eaten cheeseburgers. I know. (laughs) But I don't think they eat any fruits and vegetables, and that can really affect their menstrual cycles. Like it can make them not feel good. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy too, just the difference in people, how everyone's different. You know, like everyone's menstrual cycle, everyone's hormones are different. Even I know just myself and my sister, it's like completely night and day, our periods, you know, hers are painful. Mine, I really have no issue at all. I'm really blessed with that, but she struggles a lot with that. And it's just crazy the difference in two of the, you know, people that came from the same two people. How yeah, different. but how different are your lifestyles? Like if well, you had right. to look at that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, that's true. Me and Lainey, like Lainey, my daughter, like she is always complaining about her period. And I'm like, okay, well, I eat healthy and take care of myself and you're eating like garbage. So yeah. you're going to have a cycle. I mean, there are a lot of things that you can do. I always tell people like before you go to hormonal treatment, before you go to anything, you need to check your lifestyle. You need to check. Are you strength training? Are you getting activity in? Are you doing the things that you need to be doing to take care of yourself? And if the answer is yes, then yeah, go get hormone testing and go dig in and go see what's going on. But there's no fancy fix to just living a healthy lifestyle. And there are a lot of supplements that can help. And if if you're in perimenopause and menopause, like just know that your estrogen, progesterone, testosterone is going to be messed up. Like it's just going to be messed up. It's part of it. Um, Those 10 years for some women before they hit menopause, their hormones are all over the place. And one month you might be estrogen dominant and the next month you might have low estrogen. And it's just all over the place because your ovaries are just stopping functioning the way they, they used to function. And what's the typical age range for that? It can start anywhere after 40, um, but the like normal age for menopause is 50 and it can be anywhere from 10 years before. I think a lot of women don't know what menopause is either. Girl, we're creeping up. I know. What is happening? Stay tuned. Good thing I know how to fix it. (laughs) Yeah, this is true. In my head, I was thinking that. I was like, well, thank God because. (laughs) Yeah. So menopause is one day in time. It's not 10 years. Like it's literally one day. It's the day when you either surgically have your ovaries removed or it's been 12 years or 12 years. That would be nice, right? 12 (laughs) months, 12 months when you haven't had a menstrual cycle. So everything before is perimenopause. And that's when you're like, I'm having hot flashes and I'm crazy and I can't remember things. That's funny because women are always saying I'm in menopause when that's happening. That whole long time that they're getting hot flashes. It's always I'm in menopause, but they're not. No, they're in perimenopause. Yeah. yeah. And you're not menopause, in menopause is one day. It's one day. So yeah. Yeah. So you're either pre-menopause, perimenopause, or you're post-menopause. And then post-menopause is the 50 years that you live after you don't have a period for 12 months or have your ovaries surgically removed. Yeah. I'm curious how many women that are listening actually knew that that menopause is one day. Because oh, prob- that's yeah. a super yeah. That's one of your best truth bombs, I think. In my is that mind. it's one day? Yeah. Yeah, because you just I mean, hear it so much. I'm in menopause. I'm going through menopause. Well, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I have that. this talk with my patients all the time. It's really kind of sad because I know, like, when Lainey was growing up, she went to cradle class and she learned all about her period and all about what was happening to her body and how to handle it and all that stuff. Literally, no one tells women what's happening in perimenopause and how to adjust to those changes. Like, it's quite sad that no one out that there is. 
is educating them. And even, I don't like- Until now. I know. Until the Rejuvenating Health podcast. Now you can get all the information on how to handle (laughs) perimenopause. (laughs) But I mean, it's just not talked about. No one prepares you on how to deal with all these changes. And like, let's be real. The changes can be life shattering. Like how many women in their 40s do we talk to where their life is like falling apart? They're like, they're not happy and they're having night sweats and they're not sleeping and they have no sex drive and it's hurting their marriage. And they're just like, it's a lot. Yeah. The hot flashes. Listen, and I've worked with women. I almost said going through menopause. See, this is how common it is Mm -hmm. in perimenopause who are having hot flashes. And my God, I'm freezing because they're so hot all the time. Yeah. And I'm just waiting for my turn, but I just can't deal. They're just hot all the time. But maybe you won't have them because the healthier you are, the less menopausal symptoms you have. True, true. But you did have some tricks up your sleeve that I told them about and that they, they really did help. So, oh, my tart cherry juice trick. Yes. Yep. That helped. Yeah. Yeah. There's lots of things to help with hot flashes and all that type of stuff. And actually, like, that's what we're going to dig into next week is if you feel like you have a hormone imbalance, what are the natural things you can do? What are supplements you can take? And then what are maybe hormone replacement options that you have? Because there's nothing wrong with replacing your hormones um, and getting your and feeling good. Like there's nothing wrong. You sh- if you're 40 and going through perimenopause, you should not have to feel like garbage for the rest of your life. And so that's actually what we're going to dig into on our ne- next episode is just like, okay, I think I have this imbalance or, okay, I'm through menopause. I'm through perimenopause. I'm having PMS. I'm having painful periods. What are some ways that I can deal with this? Right. And especially if they're already taking the steps to living like a healthy life, then for sure they don't have to have those issues. They shouldn't have to deal with that. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, I think that's all for this episode. So we're super glad you guys tuned in. Like we said at the beginning, we have um, a bunch more episodes that we already dropped. So feel free to go back and listen to those and check out our social media pages that will drop below. But Thanks again for joining in and leave us a review. It helps us out a bunch. See you later, girls. 